friends and foes. Welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're talking about artist websites. We're talking about all the great things that they have to offer, what you need for your artist website, and if you don't have one, why you're missing out, really. Because let me tell you, let me tell you a real quick story. So last month, a non-artist business friend of mine was like, hey, Stevie, I have a presentation coming up. It's for this conference and I need some sci-fi art. Can you refer an artist to me? I need I need an artist who can do a very uh, obscure joke that is part of the company and we need it in two weeks. And I'm like, you know what? I have two artists in mind. The first artist was a painter and I hit her up and she's like, I have no time for this. You should shoot it to someone else. And I was like, A-okay, that's fine. The next artist was a digital artist and this digital artist He's so good at digital art. I've met him on Twitch and he just makes these outstanding sci-fi themed art pieces, paintings. Do you call digital art paintings? I'm going to call it a painting. It felt like a painting. Anyways, I think of him and I'm like, this guy would be perfect. So I go to his Instagram page and I'm like, hmm, Instagram page isn't really strong. There isn't a lot of like good portfolio pieces here. It's more like work in progresses, which, you know, for the content reasons, it's perfect. But for showing someone else who might hire them, not super great. So, you know, you, you pick you pick what you want there. But I was like, surely this artist has a website, right? Right? Surely. So I go on Google because there was a link in his bio. I go on Google and I type in his name and I came up empty, empty. There was nothing. And I'm like, man, I really like this artist. I'm just going to recommend this Instagram page that's full of work in progresses to my business friend and see what happens. So I tell my business friend, I'm like, here's the artist. He does great work. Contact him ASAP if you need something quick. My business friend, unsurprisingly, didn't contact my digital artist friend. And I was so bummed because I really wanted this digital artist friend to have this job. And I think the number one reason the business friend didn't reach out to digital artist was because they didn't have a website and they didn't have a portfolio ready work on their Instagram. Something that was just like, wow, here's a finished thing that I've done recently that's really cool that I could hire you for, you know? And it's such a shame because that digital artist does such cool work. And, you know, it inspired me to make this podcast episode. <laughs> so today, I want to chat with you about making a website for your artwork. I've been developing mine for the last few years, and I've learned a lot in the process. From learning about how people interact with the website to what I want my viewers to do, I learned how to run a blog, how to have a shop, how to have a podcast, a.e. brushwork. <laughs> and you know what? I just have I have so many tips for you and I have so many things. So today, let's get into what you need for your artist website. An artist website can be a really simple portfolio of just your work. It can be so bare bones. And we're going to talk about that in a second here. Either way, whether you want a simple website or you want something really complex where people like hang out for a while, you need to ask yourself a couple of questions. So questions to ask before you start. Number one is what do you want? Do you want a website that is a portfolio for your viewers? Do you want people to interact with the site often and have reasons to come back frequently? Do you need a site that shows off your work to galleries and coffee shops and the like? Do you need a blog that gives a behind the scenes look at what you're making? Does the website need to support you and your living? Does it need to make money through ads? Does it need to support another digital platform, say like YouTube or Twitch? I want you to write down a list of all your ideals for the website. Like what what do you want from your artist's website besides somewhere to show your work? And then I want you to look up other artists that have done 
really cool websites, like, I don't know, my own, <laughs> and, and and write down what you like. Like, what is it about that specific artist that does something cool on their website where you're just like, mm, this is a great idea, and then I want you to steal it. Take notes, okay? We're taking notes on other artists, and you're going to do it. Okay, number two, the second question. I mean, that was like 10 questions in a row, and can you tell I've had some caffeine? Whatever. <laughs> I want you to think about what is your brand identity? Okay, your brand identity, this could be a whole podcast episode in itself, and I might do it. I might bring my friend Brittany on and have us go through this. But in a nutshell, this is like what it looks like, what your brand looks like, right? So we have our basics. We have your brand colors. We've got your font. We've got logos. We've got the language that you're using, things like this. It's really great to have like five brand colors, like three that are colorful plus black and white. A few fonts that you use consistently through your website and a logo that represents your work. The language you use about your brand gives you a unique voice and people will be able to identify who you are through the way you're speaking. For this podcast episode, I've written up this like huge, uh, I guess, template blog. Anyways, on this on this blog post here... <laughs> On this podcast episode post, if you go to www.stephaniescott.art slash brushwork, you're going to see the episode post for this, for the one you're currently listening to, or maybe you're already on the website. You're going to see examples of the things I'm talking about. And I think if you're not already looking, you should pull up the website and check it out because it'll be handy. I have examples, not just from my website, but from other people's websites. It's very cool. Anyways, so when I talk about brand identity here, I have on the website my example that I have for brushwork. I have... My display font, which is called Black Mango. I've got my body font, which is Montserrat. And then I have my brand colors, which is a very bright yellow. I have a white, I have a light gray. I have kind of a sandy color plus black. And then I show my my icon, which is the Brushwork Podcast icon. It's great. The next question you want to ask about your website is, what platform are you going to build your website on? And I wish... I had sponsorships at this point because this would be such a clutch ad for the one I use, which is Squarespace, but this is not an ad. This is just genuine. I just really love this website platform. And you know what? You're getting free advertising Squarespace. Please sponsor me. That'd be super. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> some people use other website builders that really work for them. I think Wix is one of them. Um, there's, there's so many that have like pre-made templates, but picking a platform that can grow with you is very important. And when I was asking myself the question of what do I want my website to do, I wanted people to be on here all the time. I want them looking at articles. I wanted them checking out the new paintings. I want them in the shop. I want them to be able to schedule coaching sessions with me. So I picked a platform that could handle all of that, right? Because I didn't want to be doing a bunch of different platforms and having to, you know, kind of spiderweb myself out of around the internet and, and keep it centralized. So I, that's why I chose Squarespace. I also have looked at other people's websites and been like, you know, the templates for Squarespace are they're pretty pretty great. They're pretty great and they're super customizable. And I've used four or five templates at this point in my many iterations of my website. And this one's been my favorite. So there's that. I'm going to talk about all the add-on features that Squarespace has a little bit later in the episode, but the next question you're going to ask yourself is, what should your domain name be? And when I say domain name, I'm also talking about your, your brand name, right? This might be the most important question for you to answer for this entire podcast of questions that I have for you. I need you to like really think about it and, you know, look what's available and something that you're like, oh, this is so genius. Someone else might already have, but remember you can change it. 
And uh, having a great domain name is like, it's clutch. It's key. I highly, 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 highly recommend having a domain name that matches your social media pages. I'm still fixing some social media page accounts that don't match my current website and current handle that is on Instagram, which is at stephaniescott.art. That is my Instagram handle, and it's also my website. It's also my email, at least the second half. And having the other one that I've been using for a while that I used prior in the early 2010s, I guess, it's it's confusing for my viewers, and I'm trying to consolidate it into one, but sometimes something catches me, and then they're like, oh, I saw it trend your account on like Tumblr or something, and I'm like, you, you what? <laughs> I don't have an account there. <laughs> and they're like, from your old username, and I'm like, oh, right, that's it. And it's confusing. Try and keep it the same across accounts. So if you have so-and-so.art as your username on, say, Instagram or on Twitch, you should try and get that as your website. Personally, I own both stephaniescott.art and also stephaniescott.com. If you type either of them in, you will come to the same website. I love the .art ending because it's clear as to what you're going to get, right? You're going to get art, you're going to get fine art, and it's going to be most excellent. <laughs> I like that it's clean. It matches my Instagram handle. It's very good. One of my brand language pillars is responsible. So when I speak on my podcast or I write in my blog, I want to come across as confident and responsible. My username reflects that in a professional way. StephanieScott.art has got it going on, right? Like she, she knows what she's doing and she's going to get back to you and be professional about it. I chose this because I want my collectors and viewers to feel like they're going to be able to have a no-nonsense experience with me and my work, right? I'm going to, it's not going to be mystified. It's going to be clear and to the point, kind of like my art is. People now will tell me that I'm really dependable, and that is by design. I have designed my brand to be like that, be like, Stephanie's dependable because when I am, but also because I want you to perceive me that way. And that's the power of brand language. That's all we're going to get into that today. I'll get that. I'll do another episode about brand language and brand identity another time, but uh, it's it's powerful. And once you commit to it, it really, really works. On the flip side, if someone had the brand pillar of, I guess I'm going to still talk about it. <laughs> if someone had the brand pillar of responsible, but their art and their like other language was like really cute and fun, it would be a little bit strange. So I have I have my first example for you from another artist. Um, there is a Twitch streamer called Celestial Bean Art, and they make such cute and shiny and fun and interesting art, and having responsible be one of their brand pillars wouldn't make any sense. It would make zero sense. When I go to their website, which I have linked in on, on the post page here, when I go to their website, it says right in the description, my style is very cutesy and shiny. It's very simple. It's to the point. It has a small portfolio. It has a link to commissions and a link to their shop. Right at the top, however, it has a link to their coffee page that's spelled K-O-F-I. Their website's purpose is to get people to Twitch and get people to the coffee page. The design of the website is not meant for you to stick around for a long time. It's meant for you to go to the coffee page and become a subscriber there or to go to Twitch and watch Celestial Bean Art make the art, which gains some revenue. The brand language is cute, it's shiny, it's wiggly. The colors are white and purple and pink and peach and sometimes a little bit of teal. All of their fonts are in this like bubble font, plus another sans font that I actually can't identify right now. Um, but they're, 
it's very clear, it's very crisp, and it's very it's very fun. And their whole brand is about fun and wiggles and joyfulness through being a body here out in space. <laughs> and I, I really like it. And maybe I'll try and get them on the on the podcast sometime because their their branding is so top tier. It's so good. Highly recommend watching their Twitch streams. All right, moving on, moving on. If you don't have any website at all, and you're like, Stephanie, I just need something that's like bare bones, but I don't even know what that means. Here are the couple of pages that you must have for your artist website, even if it's most basic form, right? You make a painting, you make drawings, you make anything, and you want to show it to anyone, having a website is so good. Okay, so first you need a homepage. This is where people are going to land when they type in stephaniescott.art. It's the first page that shows up. Think of the page as like a magazine spread for your website, right? It should be full of your art with either one big image or several smaller ones that also act as directives for the viewer. When you make your homepage, you should always have enough of an image showing at the bottom of the screen so visitors know how they can scroll down if there is more than just the single full page. That's just like a little pro tip. <laughs> I, I almost didn't do that before and nobody ever scrolled down and I realized that's because they didn't know they could. I'd like to see a statement about your art on the homepage, something that is easily searchable on Google. This is a great opportunity to really niche down on what it is you do. If someone was looking me up to see what my work is about, it's it's right there on the front page, right? Abstract Geometric Oil Paintings by Seattle artist Stephanie Scott. It's simple, it's to the point, and it's clear. I also love seeing pictures of you, the artist, in like looking directly at the camera, that's really engaging, or a few full-size shots of your artwork. There's a artist I really admire, her name is Zoe Frank, and her website is very simple and very professional. If you go and click on her her website, it's three images that all fit together. It's one big square plus two smaller squares, and it has her whole palette, and it has her best work. It's beautiful, it's minimal, and it's very elegant. I really, I really enjoy looking at it. Her font is very crisp, lots of angles, it matches her name, Zoe Frank. I would say that Zoe has a very minimal social media presence, and this website really matches that. It's someone who has a more traditional presence around art and traditional way of making art, and that's it's perfect. It's perfect for her. The second page you need after a homepage is the About to the Artist page, or an artist bio. You can word that differently depending on your branding language. I say About the Artist. The artist bio is so important. Okay, like, sometimes more important than your gallery page, which we're going to get up to here. The idea is you need to have a statement about you and your current body of artwork that anyone can copy and use when referencing you. That way, say you have a coffee shop show and someone's like, oh, this is so cool. Maybe I want to like write a little blog post about this. They can go click on your About the Artist, copy and paste the artist bio that you've written up and put it on their website. So when people are, you know, looking at you through their site, they have a reference. It's, and it's something that you've written out that you approve of just right away. It's, it's very good. It makes it very easy for your collectors and your admirers to, to know things about you. I like to see a three paragraph statement. And I like to also see an excellent picture of you in an art-like setting. My example for this is Kimberly Trowbridge. Kimberly is a painter and, and teacher and all around excellent human. And her website is top tier. It's so good. Every time I look at it, I'm like, this is, this is next level. I love it. In Kimberly's about page, she's got a picture of her with her work and she's looking right at the viewer. 
She's holding a paintbrush. It's very clear that this is the artist, right? This is a super welcoming picture and it makes her collectors feel the human face behind the work. If you were uncomfortable with having a headshot of you on your website, you can also put your logo here if you've got one. However, I really, I strongly recommend, I strongly suggest going with a great photo of you with your artwork. People connect to faces and just by seeing yours, you become more trustworthy and therefore worthy of buying art from. You get what I'm saying here? People really connect to faces a lot. In the About the Artist page she's got, it goes over her style of work, it goes over places she's taught, awards she's received, and what she's working on right now, which is a coloring book. Not a coloring book, a book about color. <laughs> I would also get your coloring book, Kimberly, if you ever wanted to do that. <laughs> if you click on the page link, you'll also see that you can scroll down further. She's got links to her resume, a video of her talking about her artwork, a nice little quote, and a few other interactive things. This is extra, but Kimberly's website wants you to stick around for a while, so this makes sense. The third page you need is a portfolio page, or a gallery. This is where you're going to showcase your artwork. If there's one thing I've learned from website making is that you don't have to show everything though, okay? In fact, you shouldn't show everything you've ever made. When I first started painting, I primarily did equestrian art in landscapes. You won't find any of that on my website now. This is your moment to really think back on your work and your brand. How are you going to categorize your artwork? Are you going to do a year system? Are you going to do a system where you name a collection? What kind of art do you make and sell? I encourage you to niche down as much as possible. For example, I'm not an abstract artist. I'm an abstract geometric oil painter. You are not a portrait artist. You are celebrating the existence of the female form while pushing the boundaries of society and expressing our collective experiences as women. That's from Cassidy Austin Studios. She's got a great website as well. On my website, I have an overview page featuring five categories of abstract painting that I make. Each category has three big images on display and the distinction of each style is written out. Below that is an invitation to view the full gallery page. When the viewer visits the gallery, I have picked and chosen which paintings I think are gonna be great for that category, for that subcategory, especially if I'm trying to sell said paintings. I write a little description about them and if they have a subcollection, I'll, I'll categorize them together. I actually don't do things by year, I do them by collection. So if I have a collection, for example, my Golden Thread series, it's been ongoing since 2020, I will intermix the most recent things with older things. You can put your artwork in a collage style, you can make a list, but mostly you wanna make sure every image has decent quality and looks good on any device. The next page you're gonna to wanna to have after you've got your gallery all sorted is a contact page. People need to be easily able to contact you from your website. I want you to decide early how you want this to happen. Do you want people to email you? Do you want them to call you? Do you want them to write you snail mail? Like how do you want to be contacted? I like to have two to three ways people can contact you on the website. Mine is an email, a link to my Instagram, and a form that can be filled out directly from the website. So they click contact and the form is right there. On this page, I've also got a picture of me. I want people to see like, oh, I'm contacting a person and not just the void of the artist here, right? So <laughs> it's a subtle reminder that you're talking to a person. Faces matter and I want you to trust me, right? And that's why you're contacting me because maybe you want some art and that's super fun. On my page, I have a little button underneath the contact me that says download CV. 
Now, your CV and resume is something that not very many people are actually going to click on. So when I have something that says download CV, this takes the viewer to a downloadable Google Doc that has all my notable shows, educations, and award. I used to have this as its own page, and I, I took it down because people weren't looking at it like at all, maybe once every two or three months. I found that when people actually did want to get my CV, it's because they wanted to use it as a copy for art show reasons, meaning they wanted to see it, print it off or download it, and then immediately use it for something. Your website is gonna have like fancy formatting and all sorts of things. Having a CV that is just ready to download, that's perfect, that's what you want. Especially if it's just like one click to print it off, make it so convenient for people to work for you. Put your CV in a downloadable form, don't have its own page, abracadabra, you're all done. The last, the last web page that you need, this is number five, I believe, is a link and bio page. You ever, you ever on Instagram or TikTok and they're like, it's in the link and bio, and then you go there and it's like a link tree form or something like that. You could just make your own that is your website. And this is not going to be something you're going to link at the top of your website, but it's going to be something that links to everything else from a mobile device. I love the idea of not having another company to potentially pay for things on the internet. It's so great. So by making your own website, your own your own link and bio page, it's it's so simple. It's so great. Mine has links to pages I want people to visit. Things I might have referenced in my recent posts, uh, a schedule to my live streaming, and all sorts of different pages. On my Instagram page, it's my website with slash links next to which it brings you to my links page that has things like enter the giveaway and visit the shop. Here is a good opportunity for you to use your branding language, right? So instead of saying Twitch on the link, I'm gonna say, watch me paint live. You get it? I like action words because they get people to do things. We love a call to action. So those are the bare bones of things you need for a basic artist website, right? It's punchy, it's simple, it's to the point. People are there to look at it and then go somewhere else. You've got your homepage, you've got your about the artist, you've got your portfolio slash gallery, you've got a contact page, you've got a place where someone can download a resume, and you have a link in the bio page. We love it. But now you're like, Stevie, mm, this is so good, but I want more. I want my website to do more things than just show off my artwork. And you know what? Me too. I also feel that way. <laughs> so here are some extras. There are so many extra things you can put into an artist's website that help sell your work, help get more eyes on your work. It takes more effort. To be real, it takes a lot of updating and things like that, but these are my favorites. And if you're on my website right now looking at this post, there's gonna be a lot of examples for you. The first one is a blog. And this could be very financially stable for you. <laughs> my blog is called Studio Notes. I use it to announce shows, to update people when I've got new work in the shop, and sometimes I post tutorials and other art musings. Like my friend Elizabeth Larson Cooler from Art Studio Life, her blog is outstandingly good. I would highly recommend visiting. I did an interview with her about a month ago and it was just mm, chef's kiss, such a good one. Her blog has lots of ads on it and she and her husband make a full-time living running this blog together. Like it fuels their whole life and they have this blog about art. Artstudiolife.com uses ad revenue and brand deals for the majority of their income. 
In a recent Brushwork episode, Elizabeth described it as free knowledge in exchange for watching a few ads. It's it's not so many ads that it blocks information or makes it hard to read what you're getting, which is really high impact content. It's good stuff. Elizabeth is so knowledgeable about painting, especially when it comes to landscapes and traditional artwork. She's Her work is so good. I want some of my own. It's so good. So blogs, they can be next level. If you're going to dive into a blog, really dive into it, right? We're talking about at least weekly updates. We're talking about sending it out to email subscribers. We're talking about getting an affiliate with, say, Blick or something like that and just going to town, going to town. Similar to a blog, you can have a news or announcements page. This is a page where you talk about your current events. This is going to be for someone who frequently has a show. You would say events right at the top bar you've got in your website. Having an events page could be very useful to your website. This would be something where you could easily link people when they're like, okay, so what's next? Like, where do I go? Right? In this page, you're having event info. You're having like links to appropriate venues. You're having what time parties are really relevant information. Think of this like a Google form, right? This is like, you're going on Google Maps and this is where the show is. It's very, it's very to the point. Um, this is not like a fluff or something. So when people subscribe to this RSS feed, they're getting all your fun shows. Another really awesome thing you can do with your website is host a podcast. I host Brushwork off of Squarespace. Hosting your podcast on your website is really easy and it's a great way to run it. I like using Squarespace for brushwork because it allows me to schedule release dates into the future. I'm uh, living on the edge here and recording this episode the night before it's supposed to come out, as the ancients say, YOLO. But if you were, say, planning ahead of time and you had episodes lined up already, you could, you know, record five episodes, have it coming out once a week for the next five weeks and not think about your podcast for a whole month. You know, it's really great. I also love that you can add in graphics, like the page you're currently viewing. You can link other things to other pages. You can connect it easily to Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I'm a fan of how easy it is to browse past episodes using the, the podcast hosting on Squarespace. I've got a year's worth of podcasts at this point. We love it. <laughs> and um, some of these items are, are evergreen content items. And People will click on the same episodes over and over and over again because they're still very relevant. We like it. With hosting the podcast on my website, I'm keeping my listeners on my little corner of the internet, right? I'm keeping them on the website, listening to things. It's it's very good. The next thing you could have that is a great moneymaker is an email list. I am halfway through my experiment of my email marketing and what can I say? It's delicious. It's delicious. I love hearing the words, hey, will you email me about your next show? Or, hey, do you have an email marketing list? And I'm like, yep, these are these are like the gold of your collectors, right? These are people who are like, please send things to my inbox. Like, okay, great. You know I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. If you're like, please asking me, so good. So the people who come to my email list are my most loyal collectors, for sure. I stay in contact with them several times a month. I give them discounts. I tell them the first thing about the shows, events. Uh, new work coming to the shop, all sorts of things. What I love about this website is that it gives me great analytics on my emails, right? I'm seeing who's opening it, how many people are clicking through the email to go back to the website. It's, you learn so much about your your audience here and you're learning about how well you send emails, <laughs> right? I'm like, okay, was, was this title of this email clickbaity enough? Did I get them to click on it? Things like that. 
Email marketing is usually an extra charge on your website though. It costs more. So if you're going to add this on, I really, really commit to it. Like don't, don't do email marketing halfway because it costs extra money. One way I get people to sign up for my email list though is to enter them into a monthly giveaway. I'll talk about giveaways in a little bit here, but some people have eBooks that they give away to um, new email subscribers. Another example is a quiz. If you don't know Josie Lewis and you're an artist, you should check her out because she's a marketing powerhouse. She makes the most amazing rainbow art you've ever seen in your life. It's so fun. It's so good. And her quiz that she has on her website where it's like, discover your creative superpower. How fun is that, right? You take the quiz and then to see the answer, you have to enter your email and then it gets emailed to you and abracadabra. Why do I keep saying that? <laughs> it's, you're, you're in, she's in your inbox. It's, it's genius. Josie runs a multi six-figure art business. So what she's doing is no joke. And it seems simple because it is. The next obvious thing to have on your website is an e-commerce platform, a shop. If you want to sell your art online, having a shop within your website is a great idea. There are, there are many online platforms for selling your work like Etsy or Shopify, eBay, others. What I like having... What I like about having my shop on my website is that I can easily integrate it into my other pages, right? I can say, oh, here's this product, put it into an email. I can put it into a blog post. It's easier for social media. Some platforms will take a cut of what you're selling and some will help you calculate taxes and shipping and some have no e-commerce abilities just whatsoever. So whether you are displaying products that you will send an invoice for later, or you have a print-on-demand item that's produced by a third party, having an online shop has limitless possibilities and money-making capabilities. In my example here, I have a page by Ingrid and Ching, which is such a beautiful shop. It's very delicate. It's very lovely. It's very uh, elegant, I'm going to say, and <laughs> sophisticated. When you go onto her shop page... It doesn't have any of the prices on the front. You have to click on the painting that you want before you get to see the price. And I, I really like that. It's very clean. It's very focused on the artwork. And it's, it's so good. It's so good. My biggest tip with online sales is to be consistent across your items, right? Formatting your information the same way every time. You have the prices really clear and your shipping policies written out and worked out. A question I love to ask when I'm dealing with my online shop is, how many clicks does it take till someone can buy something? You know, uh, the great forest company <laughs> has the one click buy thing, which is, you know, very convenient, but they're enormous and I am one person. So I try to keep my clicks under five, right? I have one to get to the shop from my homepage. Okay. I have two is to select the art they like. Three is to add it to the cart. Four is to fill out their shipping information and payment information. And five is the submit button. That's five steps, five clicks. If you have more than that, if you're asking more questions, you're gonna start losing people faster. And I'm I'm trying to like narrow it down to four clicks if I can. <laughs> Speaking of selling art, commissions is another great page to have on your website. I have recently redone my commissions page to be more fun and interactive. Commissions are my bread and butter, right? So they're my main money maker. I want a page exclusively dedicated to that process. If you like doing commissions, I highly recommend having just a knockout commissions page. Look for other artists who are doing really great ones and see see what you like and see what works because if they're getting a lot of commissions and they're talking about it a lot on social media, you need to follow their lead. My goal is to make it really easy and interactive for my 
collector to get a new piece of art. So on the page, I've got my styles of painting. I've got five different kinds. I've got my pricing details just laid out. My shipping options are there. The intake form is thorough. And my copyright notice is at the end saying what my rights are and what their rights are. It's clear for the collector and it gives me all the information I need to commence the commission right away. I've also made a version of this page as a PDF. So if someone is like, Stephanie, do you do commissions? I'm like, yeah, I sure do. Give me your email. Here's all the info. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. It looks really similar to the commissions page because I use the same formatting, but it has my updated commissions costs on the inside. Another page you could have is specialty event pages. So my friend, Kristen Ray Chronic, is a live wedding painter. She will go to a wedding and she performs as an artist, right? So she'll have her easel and she'll paint a picture of the wedding that's happening live in front of everyone. It's it's a huge thing. It takes a lot of her time and there's got to be a lot of pressure painting live in front of people, I imagine, especially for, you know, the couple who really wants to see the painting that they paid for. Her website for this is it's it's frankly stunning. It's gorgeous. I have a screenshot of it here and it says planning a wedding. Congrats on your engagement. In this page, she talks about problems like you have a million things to do on your, your wedding checklist, right? And then Kristen has laid out her solution. She's like, I'm going to add charm and ambiance on your special day. I'm going to give you a wedding heirloom that can be passed down for generations. And live entertainment because she's there painting live. This is like in action. It's interesting. And she'll talk to guests. It's a beautiful solution. And it's, it's such a good website piece to have because you know, people are going to looking up, you know, live wedding paintings. It's very trendy right now. I see it a lot on TikTok. It's very fun. Other events you could do is, um, like art battles. Those are fun. Uh, drink and draws, workshops, classes, and speaking of classes, teaching is a whole thing you can do on your website. If you have a class or a coaching or some sort of workshop you do, websites are critical, right? I never take a class unless I can research it first. If I can research the teacher, if I can research what's happening, where the price is, like it needs to be on the internet. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm not going to trust it. If you have a class, you need to have all the information easily available, right? So answering questions like, what problems will the class solve? How long is the class? Where will it be held? What will be taught? Uh, how much money does a class cost? And can I schedule, can I like sign up for the class on your website? I teach private art coaching for an hour every two weeks. I have a whole seven week program where I take you through your website and your brand and your, your technical skills and all sorts of things dedicated to your goal. And my website reflects that. Scheduling and appointments is also something great your website can do. If you are a teacher like I am, I love to have a free discovery call where people can sign up on my website for slots that I've already pre-chosen. Every month I go through my calendar and I block off major times, but I open it up and people can sign up for a 20 minute discovery call that's free. This costs extra, scheduling costs extra. So if you are teaching, you know, it's a whole part of your business, but if you get the yearly costs, you can save money. When someone signs up for a class, they get a Zoom link, a reminder to their digital calendar, and an email confirming the details just automatically, which is things I don't have to you know, forget later. <laughs> it saves me a lot of headache and I know it's happening because I've automated it. It's very, very nice for teaching and I would highly recommend this sort of thing. Plus people can pay you through the website, which is just another check off your list. We love it. One final way to make money through a website is through subscriptions. 
An ingenious way to make money is to have monthly or quarterly subscriptions. Think of this as a super secret club just for people who like you the most. For a static amount of money each month, you send out prints or stickers or postcards or tiny paintings or anything else your eyes can dream of. I know being an artist is really unpredictable when it comes to finances, and having a subscription option on your website is a great way to help mitigate that. I've been thinking of doing a postcard club, you know, maybe sometime in the future, where I would send you a 4x6 postcard of my art and a new one every month. <laughs> Does that sound like fun? I love getting art from, I love getting mail from artists. It's, it's super nice. Better than bills, better than notices from the DOB, eh? <laughs> the last page I love having on my website is a giveaway page. A giveaway is a great add-on for your website. It gets people engaged and thinking about your artwork and like the excitement of, I might win something. Each month I give away a fine art print to one of my email subscribers who have su subscribed that month. I've seen people give away eBooks, tutorials, digital downloads, etc., all in exchange for emails page views, interest in the site in general, like the, the possibilities are really endless. On your giveaway page, I really recommend having a clear terms for winning, what exactly the winner will receive if they do win, and details on how the winner will be contacted, because sometimes people like to pretend to be you, an imposter, and blah, 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 not good, we, we just say no to drugs. Okay, um, <laughs> I love a giveaway. I've had one ongoing every month for the last two years now, and it's so good. And speaking of, if you would like to win a print, you should sign up for my email list. I am going to give away a print in the next week or so to this month's subscribers and you should you should check it out because it would be super so those have been all of the extras that you could have if you want to take your website from bare bones to a little something extra right we got the blog we got the news announcements we have a podcast an email list we have a shop commissions page specialty event page that's the live wedding painting you got teaching scheduling and appointments you've got subscriptions and a giveaway there are so many other things you can do that I haven't even thought of. And like, what, what do they say? The world is your oyster. The website is your oyster. <laughs> but all in all, it accumulates to the results of, of why we have a website and how do we make it better? I have this kind of like little hat trick here that my, my partner Luke showed to me. It's called Hot Jar. And let me tell you, this thing is great. So after you've had your website up for about two weeks to a month, and you've been showing it to people, right? You've been talking about it and promoting a little bit. You can start to see the results of your work. These next three sections that I talk about are some of the most important reflective tools you can use for your website. Hotjar is one of the most useful tools I've ever used for a website. This is not sponsored. This is just, it's just so great. And I've been using the free version for a while now. And it's a, a little bit creepy, but mostly, mostly fantastic. We're just going to call it fantastic. So through Hotjar... I can see how people are using my website, right? I get to see what they're clicking on, how far they are scrolling down a page, and where their mouse is going. I'm currently using the free software and it's just been invaluable. This screenshot I have that's on the, on the website here is from one of the heat maps that on my About the Artist page. So when you click on About the Artist, I'm seeing three major actions that people are taking. One is they're saving my photo that I have that is me looking at the camera with an art supply. And then I can see that they are highlighting my artist bio. And this makes sense because I've had a couple of art shows happen in the last month where gallery owners and coffee shop owners have wanted things for their website. So that tracks, that tracks. I'm also seeing that when people click on my About the Artist page, 
they're going next to the podcast or they're going to my shop. They're almost equal with how many clicks there's been. And that's really good to know that they have looked at my about the artist, they've read about me and thought, this person is great. I want to hear her voice or I want to buy something from her. I love either option. Either option is super. <laughs> it means that they're beginning to trust me as a as someone to purchase things from. And I love that. It's good. So Hotjar, look it up. www.hotjar.com. And it's super and you should use it. Another thing I've kind of learned from Hotjar is that some of my web pages people aren't going to at all. And that's really nice because I put in a lot of effort onto each of these pages. And I I want to know if people are visiting them. I want to know if I should put more effort into things or if I should just abandon ideas altogether. You know, some spaces get no traffic at all and some are viewed often. And even though I haven't given them much effort, they might show up again and again. And that's saying, Stephanie, put your attention here. This is good and this is how to improve it. And we like that. <laughs> the next thing that's great about you know, these website building platforms is that they're going to give you some really good analytics. Specifically, I really think is important is the desktop versus mobile by visits, right? So you're going to look up top devices by visits. Within your website's analytics, you're going to find the desktop versus mobile kind of graph here is it's super important. So for me, 65 to 80% sometimes of my viewers are coming from desktop. And I think that's because I stream on Twitch. A lot of people see me on Twitch, they click on my links when I have them going on during the stream and then they come to the desktop. But that's that's really important. That's telling me that I need to design my website to desktop viewers. And I do because the people who are viewing me on my desktop are also people who have bought from my shop in the past. Almost, almost no one has bought art through their mobile phone when viewing my website in my shop. That's that's important. And I've had this shop up for two years now, and that's I that's really important to know. So I designed my website for desktop users. What's great about Squarespace and other platforms that have templates is that when you have a template going, it's gonna automatically convert to a friendly, a mobile-friendly version. And every once in a while I check it, and I'm like, does this still look good on the mobiles? And I'll move things around if it looks particularly bad. But I'm very much catering to the desktop users because that's where my visitors are coming from. Other analytics I really like are search keywords. What are people looking up on Google then coming to my website for? I have a couple of past brushwork episodes that are hard hitters for me. I have past uh, art challenges that I've put in the past, like three or four years ago that still gets regular views. It's very fun. I love looking at the page visited log, right? So I'm seeing what people are clicking in the order they're clicking it. So it's like they're clicking on the podcast, then they're clicking on the contact, and they're clicking on, you know, the Golden Thread series, and then they're looking at the overview, etc. It's also great for seeing where people aren't going. If you don't happen to be using Hotjar, this is a way to see that. You'll see trends. One trend I, I definitely notice is when people on my, click on my Golden Threads gallery, they usually go to my shop right after, which is so neat. They love they love that kind of art so much that they immediately go to the shop. Instead of looking at the other art categories there are, they're like, oh, I gotta buy a print. Yeah, yes, please. Okay, that sounds great. <laughs> so I hope all in all, this has been a really helpful guide for you and your website. If you've done a refresh on your website because of this episode, you should, you should tell me because I want to see it. I want to see what you're working on. And do you need some extra help on your website? Right now, I'm offering a $10 website audit 
for listeners of this episode, okay? So you're going to send me a DM with the word audit in it, and I'm going to give you 30 minutes of help for 10 bucks. It's cheap, and you're going to get my full undivided attention as we look at your website, and I'll give you tips on how to make it better. So, you know, listeners only. It's only for this episode. I'm not telling anyone else. (laughs) Friends and foes, I hope you make some good choices. All the links to all these examples and everything will be on the website. I'll have it linked below here in the show notes. And you're awesome. Take care and peace out. Bye.